Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker. And today's episode is something a little bit different than what we have done before. And I kind of just want to preface this episode by saying I don't know exactly how this conversation is going to go or where it's going to go because I never pre-plan them that in depth. But we are talking about trauma. We're talking about emotional sensitive topics. So If this is triggering to you or you are struggling, please reach out to the appropriate support person, whether that's Alex, whether that's myself, whether that's a family member, whether that's someone that you're working with. Uh, Just, yeah, just want to make sure that you guys are okay as you're listening because I think today's topic will be really good and will make you question a lot of things that you've thought about or are thinking about. So today I have the privilege of speaking to Alex Field. So Alex is our trauma-trained registered psychotherapist uh, accredited, which I'm sure she's going to explain to us, EMDR practitioner and a naturopath on top of that. So she's got over 20 years of experience in the field of integrative healing and wellness. So brings a wealth of knowledge to the table to you guys. Uh, With clinical training in psychotherapy and naturopathy, she helps bring the mind and body into alignment so that people, like you's listening, feel less stressed, anxious, which I know a lot of you feel, depressed or overwhelmed. So Alex, you've got a beautiful multifaceted approach when dealing with trauma and talk about how the body, how the body holds onto the residue of trauma in a range of different ways. So thank you for being here today with us. Thank you. And thanks for reaching out. It's, um, it's a topic I'm passionate about, but um, I think we're seeing it in lots of different um, modalities nowadays that mm. it's becoming more I don't mean it's more common that people are experiencing trauma. I think we're more aware of what trauma might look like. So, yeah, thank yeah. you for reaching what out. It might, what it might look like and then like how that expresses in our body as well because it's one thing for someone to come to say me and go, oh, Sheridan, I've got IBS, and I go, okay, well, scientifically you've got this bacteria and you've got this and this happening, but it's it's so much bigger than that. And we know that, you know, the impact of trauma of mind, of body, of stress, all those things just play such a big role. Yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. Definitely. So what came first for you, no, being a naturopath or the yeah. psychotherapist? So being in the naturopath, and I'll probably just weave in, although I won't dive into depth with my story, so there'll be no kind of trigger warnings in that context, but I had major ongoing gut issues throughout my whole childhood and into um, early adulthood. And I was living in Egypt. It's a kind of interesting little backstory. I was living in Egypt. I was teaching scuba diving at that time. And I basically came across on the boat the people I was teaching. So I was just going to close this. There's oh, a noise. Go for it. Sorry, That's one sec.
with the best intentions of soundproofing. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the way, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, so I was teaching this couple and they were sitting on the boat one day on the deck in between dives and they were chatting about her IBS. And I was sitting next to them, we were discussing it and she was talking about all these symptoms that I also had. So I'm listening to how they're discussing how she's getting treated and she was seeing a naturopath in the UK. This prompted me when I went back to the UK to seek the naturopath out and I started doing my own personal work with them. It changed my gut health immeasurably and that then prompted me to go, oh, wow, I'm really interested. So I then dived in and studied naturopathy. That was a kind of the the preface, I guess the entry point. Then as a naturopath, working with clients who, as you would know, have a lot of gut issues and seeing this, I'm seeing this across the board. But what I was also seeing was clients disclosing to me that they had a trauma history. They weren't saying it in connection to their gut issues. They were just telling me as part of their history, the type of issues in the body in correlation to their trauma history started to flag a bit of a, oh, hang on, I'm seeing a pattern here. And then I leaned in because I was fascinated about that side of it and not not interested in the body, but really interested in adding in this other layer because I was thinking we can only get so far by attending to, for example, our gut Mm. if we've got unresolved trauma still sitting within our body. So then I reached out to do the psychotherapy and then I added kind of that bow in and I really work as a psychotherapist doing trauma-informed therapy, uh, but I bring in the functional medical side as needed, or if I hear that things are going on for someone, I think we need to do more investigation, I will then refer them to someone like yourself to say, can we just go and explore that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, because that would be, as a clinician, that would be a huge thing if you were doing all the psychotherapy stuff and then a full workload as a naturopath as well because that in itself with all your herbs and all your testing and all your nutrition and everything, I'd be like, um, you need about five of you to do that yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. So I use, I stay in my lane with naturopathy now that I'll use certain supplements, certain diets, et cetera, et cetera, that is also woven within my heal method program. But it's very much to do with holding space for the nervous system, the HPA axis, you know, to help that side of it. If individuals have more, you know, specialized issues like PMDD or, you know, really pronounced um, irritable, you know, gut irritability, that type of thing, that's when I'll refer them on so they get the testing done. Because you're right, I can't, I can't do it all. And also I recognize that it will dilute the yeah. therapeutic work, which I think is crucial to kind of recovering from trauma. Yeah, yeah. So something like the impact of the nervous system then, because I see that in a lot of clients is that a lot of the, uh, I guess, a lot of the quote-unquote IBS, everyone knows how I feel about that term, but IBS or also a lot of these estrogen dominant symptoms, um, a lot of this immune dysregulation, commonly I see it in female clients who I predominantly work with who are doing all the right things and trying to do all the stuff, but they have a real, I almost want to say like an upregulated nervous system, like they're highly, highly sensitive to everything. And I was one of those people. Is this quite common like that you see as well? Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things just to preface before we go into it, because, yes, I think the whole nervous system thing is a is a huge topic, is 
sometimes people get a little bit uncomfortable with the notion of trauma. And a lot of people are quick to go, I haven't had trauma. I haven't had a big, what we call a, a macro or a you know capital T trauma. I wasn't involved in a car accident. I haven't been to war. You know, nothing really bad has happened to me. So sometimes people are quite quick to dismiss. Now, I'm not saying that every single person on the planet is traumatized. But what I do want to say in connection to the nervous system is that our nervous system is designed to keep us safe. First and foremost, before anything else happens, it's designed to keep us safe. So in that sense, every single person on the planet will experience certain ex events that are traumatic to them. They don't have to be the big kind of events that we would typically say are traumatic, if that makes sense. But our nervous system is constantly looking for cues of safety and cues of danger. And what could be a cue of danger for one person could be walking into a you know really busy shopping area and then just feeling like slightly you know hyperactive, slightly hypervigilant to that experience. Mm. But that wouldn't be described as a traumatic place or event. Yet the system saying, hey, this is not okay, be alert, be alert. Now, to a degree, we want to be alert to things that could potentially harm us. Mm. What tends to happen, and this is where I'll segue into the nervous system stuff, is that what tends to happen is our beautiful nervous systems sometimes, I think you use the word upregulate. So in that way, sometimes our nervous systems become upregulated or switched on into what I would call more of a dysregulated state, and that stays on. So it's really important that we understand what our nervous system is doing, regardless of whether we think we've had trauma or we don't. I would say for anyone, a parent, um, any person, any child, anyone learning about life and how to best support themselves, one of the things I would love to add in is nervous system. Understand your nervous system, make sense of it, befriend it, meet the different states without trying to shut them off and your whole life changes. And I know it seems like a bit of a, whoa, wow, that's a big, like, really? Yeah. yeah. But honestly, in, in my own experience, I segued into the diet and lifestyle stuff because of my gut issues. It wasn't until way later that I came across the nervous system stuff. And then I could take a lot less supplements. I could basically mm -hmm. regulate myself and a lot of my symptoms started to subside. Well, where do we even start with that? And where do we even identify? Because I see that with a lot of clients is that they're like, oh, no, like they'll say, oh, I'm a little bit stressed or I'm a little bit anxious. And I can see from all their symptoms that there's something driving it beyond just I've got a hormonal imbalance. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Or well, I've got IBS, yeah, but why? Yeah, okay, I've got parasites, yeah, but why? Because your body's not fighting this stuff off or it's not detoxing yeah. properly. So yeah. what's the root of that? And then like trying to, get people to see see that or start to dig into that work. It's kind of like, well, where do you even start? Yeah. And I think that's why I've set up the Hill Method program, to yeah. be honest. But if, are you okay if I give you a quick breakdown of the yeah, nervous go system, for it. like language yeah. it briefly Amazing. here? So I see there's the six different states that we can be in from a nervous system perspective. Now, I won't go into all of them today, but I'll go into the three main ones that, that will probably speak to your audience. I'm going to use a little bit of jargon, but I'll 
quickly explain it as I go along because it's the way we understand it. And I work a lot with the polyvagal theory. I think it's the cleverest, most up-to-date, most on, um, on topic way of us understanding our nervous system. The idea is that we are, when we are feeling safe and we are in flow and we are regulated, then this is what is called our ventral vagal state. Now, I call that our window of regulation. So imagine literally a window. I don't know how much of the recording will be seen, but you can see the window here. But imagine a window. Now, when we are within our window, we are what's called in flow. Our nervous system is resting. It's calm. We don't have to be at peace. We don't have to be zen. It's not that this is the state which is a line where everything is just... Um, plain sailing. That doesn't mean that. That's why it's a window. We will have fluctuations of emotions, of nervous system activation, but it's within a range that our system reads as being balancing, safe, and harmonious. Mm. If we're in that state, our digestion works brilliantly. Our immune system works really well. The body has got time to do what sometimes people will go, oh, that's the rest and digest state. Yes, it can do that, but it can do so much more. It's when we've got our thinking brain engaged. So we've got ideas, we've got, you know, there's things we can be passionate about, all of that kind of stuff. We can also get excited. We can also still put boundaries in place and we can still get cross with someone and still be in our window. Now, that's the place if we, if in an ideal situation, we would be most of the time. Now, again, I'm going to bring in another element here. If we've grown up in an environment where our primary caregiver was spending most of their time in this state, then that's the state we will have attuned to throughout our learning and through our developmental process. Now, for some people, for lots of people, that primary caregiver might not have been in a consistently regulated state, not because it was very toxic necessarily, sometimes it might have been, but not because it was necessarily abusive. Maybe that parent was quite highly strung, was quite anxious. There's layers here. Is this intergenerational? Is that something they've experienced? Whatever. There's there's so many different ways but to look at this. But the basic understanding is there's going to be a template that's set up throughout our early developmental years. And this is where we will co-regulate too. And I will come back to that in a moment because I know this is big. Next state, if we feel slightly activated, unsettled, there's too much stuff going on in our life and we have got to get a lot of stuff done or we feel stressed or we're fighting a lot with our partner or a colleague at work or whatever, 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 we will shunt into the first dysregulated state. Now, I don't like the term dysregulation because it implies we're doing something wrong, but it's just the easiest one to language to understand between regulate and dysregulate. But we move into an activated state of self-protection. This is the sympathetic This state is the state where we will feel symptoms of anxiety. We will have more of that heart racing, sweaty palms, um, difficult to recall information. We might be quick to anger or irritability, uh, might be kind of just there. Maybe we struggle to sleep. That is the sympathetic state. Now, the description that I often give is that that is like your army coming in to protect you. So it's on alert. You are mobilized, poised, ready. For most individuals, they will understand, even listening to this, that this is what is 
their experience and they can probably understand that this isn't necessarily a great thing, but they function okay. Most of the people that I talk to will go, ah, when they explain this, they go, yeah, we probably operate at a low level of sympathetic our whole life. Mm -hmm. So that is immediately saying to you, probably myself, is that this is going to compromise our gut. Mm -hmm. This is going to compromise our immune system, our hormonal system, because, of course, this system is going to be pushing more cortisol and adrenaline into the system because we're more on, we're more wired to, to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. If that state isn't enough to keep us safe, so the analogy that's often given is if you are running away from a tiger, you would move into that sympathetic state. Now, let's just be clear. The tiger would have to be far enough away that you knew you had a good enough chance to, to run. So that is that fight or flight. Now, we're not going to fight the tiger, but in that situation, maybe we would run or we'd climb up a tree. Actually, they can climb trees. Anyway, we'd do something to try and get away. That's the sympathetic state. If it wasn't necessarily a tiger, but it's someone who's frustrating us or whatever, we might fight back. If neither of those things are going to help us in a state that feels threatening, we'll move into the third state that I'll discuss today, which is the dorsal vagal state. That is what I also reference as the shutdown state. That state is immobilized. Now, a lot of clients of mine don't realize that this is a state they're operating from because they sometimes flip-flop between shutdown and sympathetic now, what I mean by this is we understand as a society, oh, don't be stressed. If you've got too much going on, it's not good for your body. We, we get that now. We're not so familiar with the shutdown state. But in that state, that is where we are immobilized. We have much more apathy, mm. lethargy. It's where we will experience depression, sadness. We can't get stuff done. We feel like we just don't have the energy to move out of a situation, move forward. That is more of that shutdown state. And we, we, both of those states are dysregulated states. But when we move into the dorsal vagal state, I often say that's like your special ops. That's like the SAS coming in. So we don't generally shunt to that state without some kind of process that leads us towards that state because it's the oldest most primitive form of our nervous system but it is designed so beautifully to put us into that shutdown we don't move so this is the one where we're not fighting or running here we are it's not quite freeze freeze is a blend of the two just to quickly give you the other thing but but we are shut down of course your gut in this state is really sluggish Often people are prone to constipation, sympathetic, often prone more to diarrhea. So those are the three kind of basic states. And like I just threw in, freeze is a blend of both sympathetic and shutdown, which is so much energy going on inside, frozen on the outside, deer in headlights type of thing, possum playing dead, that type of thing. Our nervous system is operating below our level of conscious awareness. So sadly for many people, including what it was for me in, in my earlier life, is that I had no idea that this was running my show. So I worked hard on my diet, worked hard on XYZ, didn't realize that actually my nervous system was still highly activated in a dysregulated state or a state of self-protection. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of my work starts with clients is to help bring awareness to that. Yeah, I mean, two things there. One, 
I'm glad this is a podcast and I can re-listen and just hit rewind because I'm like, all of that was so informative, but I'm going to have to re-listen because there's so much going on there. And the second thing is, yeah, I really resonate with that because I remember doing all the gut work and all the um, exercise and hormonal work and supplement work and still not getting my periods back. And that was seven, eight years of no periods until I really, I didn't go as in-depth obviously as what you're talking about or doing, but it was a lot of nervous system work. It was a lot more meditation, time off exercise, belly breathing, connecting, moving my hips, dancing, laughing, just bringing joy, feeling more feminine, like a lot of rather than that real like, doing this, doing that, doing CrossFit, go, go, go. And then also that stress of what following protocols can do, like SIBO protocols and stuff, which are, are great and definitely have their place for people listening. But at the same time, you can get protocoled out and you can just be like, I'm I'm overwhelmed and not people, they're not knowing what next. And I think now I can kind of go, well, actually, what's next if you're at that point but also if you haven't started any of that what's also first is working with someone like yourself or doing something like your course to kind of start to do that that bigger system nervous work yeah and I love what you're saying here is that maybe it was intuition for you that you started to tune into stepping back from that kind of protocol rhythm for a period not to not to ref- to reflect, but not to, I'm not saying this is definitely you, but what happens in those moments is we actually start to meet ourselves in that nervous system state and we start to bring the anchor points towards regulation because exactly like you say, if we are in that sympathetic state, that hamster in the wheel and it's go, 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 mm-hmm. then we can often fall into the trap of jumping on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing which really just allows that sympathetic state to stay activated as that hamster wheel goes round. So, you know, stepping back, dropping the protocol, moving into laughter, creating some movement that's not, you know, like that. It sounds like you were beautifully resourcing yourself and pulling yourself towards regulation, which is a part of our work. Yeah, it is. And I guess like for those listening, I'm in a privileged spot in a sense um, as much as I would love to be a mother and love to have a family or love to be in a relationship. At the same time, it is also just me. So I can, uh, I mean, there's push and pull here, but there is a certain point where I can pull back and I can actually go, you know what, I need time off work because work was my biggest stress ever. So I need time off work. I need time off exercise and I need time to heal and take that time. And I understand not everyone's in that privileged state if you've got young kids and it's hard on finances and you know you've got then gut issues and then you've got heavy painful periods and then you've got all this stuff going on I think that's where sometimes I go oh I'd where where did these women start who have so many things going on and it's like oh I feel like I can't drop any of it and then pulling something else in is also hard it's such a tricky area yeah And I think if I had my time again, I would have started with nervous system work first before I lent into um, dealing with my gut. Mm. And I don't think it's been the bad thing, but I think it would have accelerated my recovery if I'd understood, because then I would have been spending more time in that regulated zone or knowing how to move back to regulation and knowing what things shunt me into sympathetic or into shutdown 
Yeah. Most people were shut down by going up into that sort of um, more shut down state, experienced that because of early childhood experiences where it wasn't safe to fight back or to run because you're stuck mm -hmm. in the environment. And so you go into more of a shutdown state. It is a self-protective state. Mm -hmm. But coming out of that state takes quite a bit of work um, and you can't fast track it. And you actually have to meet not any, not just that nervous system state. You have to meet the nervous system states that you're in as opposed to going, right, think positive thoughts, think wellness, think whatever. You can't. Your thoughts, and this is what a lot of people don't realize, your thoughts will correlate your nervous system state. Yeah. So no amount of talk therapy will shift your mindset if your nervous system state is still predominantly activated. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's having strategies or things in place, which I'm sure, you know, you would teach as the primary part of what you do is, is to draw people out of that and day to day. And like on a super simplistic level, like I kind of see now, I can see when I start to get really worked up and in that state with work, and I'll literally have to shut everything down and just go sit in my bed for five minutes, do some belly breaths or put my feet up a wall and just totally switch off and it doesn't even have to be long but I think it's like anything when you when you can recognize it and people you you have to do that work like you have to work with someone like yourself or you have to go through some of that training and have that awareness because otherwise you just like you said you just keep going back into that cycle or you just go oh I'll work with this or I'll do something else and it just becomes too much and I love what you're saying there because it is exactly that case when you then recognize probably for you that you're moving out of your window, you can catch it very quickly. Mm. And even just to speak to the point you made, what do you do if you've got so much going on and you're busy to add another thing? The idea, I think, for any of us when, you know, because I'm a, a parent and have, you know, kind of almost navigate four lives within my world and then have my business. But that's where I think you have to do it more but when I say do it more it's not like you have to work harder it's actually sometimes you have to work less so when you I don't know you put the little baby to sleep or something or the kids have gone to school and yes there may be stuff you need to do before you get out the door to go to work or there might just be the stuff to do at home but it's exactly like you said is literally pausing stopping down tools mm. what's going on in my nervous system What's the kindest, most loving thing I can do for myself in this moment? And sometimes it's as quick as what you're saying, that once you get traction with it, it's just a simple breathing exercise or a um, or lying on the ground. I often lie on the ground and the grass and my dogs will just come and hang and we'll just chill together and a few minutes or I lie on the swing and just swing, rock around. That's it, done. And then I can carry on. Not to invalidate if people are listening going, it's going to take a lot more than doing that to help me. Yes, I understand. If we're higher up in that, what I, it's a ladder we often reference, if we're higher up in that zone, it's going to take a little while to come down. But eventually it is really as quick as what you're saying, which is yeah. exciting. There's something about lying on the floor, on the ground. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about lying on the ground that just feels so childlike. And I just feel like it just throws everything analytical out my brain. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this feels really nice. Yeah, yeah. really grounding. 
You know, yeah. it's like the most grounding, like all parts of you literally are lying on the floor. Yeah. So it's a very grounding, earthing exercise. Because I think the most common thing I hear is women saying to me, well, I can't meditate. I can't do meditation. I can't sit there. I get distracted. My brain doesn't want to do it. And therefore, if they can't meditate, then they can't do anything in a sense. You know what I mean? Like we kind of go, I'm just not that person and therefore it's out the window or I don't do yoga, I just like running, like that's my thing. Then it's really hard to, I don't know, try and find ways of teaching people that there's other strategies or other things that we can be doing that doesn't have to feel like a big task because meditation does feel like a big task. The other thing too with that, and this again is very dependent on the individuals, but if someone has got unresolved trauma in their system, the first thing I say is don't meditate. Mm. Don't focus on your breathing. Don't meditate. Don't do slow yoga. Mm. I actually steer them totally away from that. Several reasons. One is if we're in that sympathetic state and we're that hamster in the wheel, the brain, the body is racing. So even when we try and stop, it actually draws our attention to this so much activation at a, at, a, at a really kind of subconscious level that is reinforcing to our system that we are in danger. What are you doing sitting here? So first of all, I kind of say to begin with, just pause that. I introduce breathing, breath work, and I introduce the idea of yoga or trauma-informed yoga later on in my program for this reason. Some people can do it. That's great. The other thing that happened to me is that I spent a lot of time in the shutdown state, more of that disassociative state. And so meditation was easy for me. Mm. I could spend hours because I was shut down. So it actually further exacerbated my trauma response. But again, I had no idea of this until quite a while later. So until I get the lay of the land with someone or until they start to get traction in the program of making sense of things for themselves, I just often say to people, just back away from it. Mm. With the ladder notion of being in our window, and then we've got the sympathetic, then we've got the shutdown. The problem is when we start to come out of shutdown, if someone does spend a lot of time in that state, the the theory with polyvagal is you have to move through sympathetic to come to your window. The problem that's going to be with someone that spent time in shutdown, when they hit sympathetic, everything is amplified tenfold. It's terrifying. Yeah. A, you're, flush, you know, you're pushed into a fight or flight state, but it's like the, everything is just heightened. Yeah. But we have to come through. That's why working with a clinician doing this work is so important yeah. because when we start to climb out of that shutdown state, we are going to feel a lot more. So we really need to be able to be supported, contained while we lean into that feeling state. Otherwise, what we'll do is climb back up and go, go, hang on, no, no, that's just too much. But once we come down and the energy is there and we again meet the different states with different resources, eventually we'll spend time in our window. And even if we move up and down, we're still able to come back to our window. Yeah. So is this something you move through in your 12-week program then, going through those windows and and guiding people through that? Yeah. Yeah. I do that very early on because that's the, the, in the program, um, H-E-A-L, so broken down into different letters. H is healthy mind and body. We have to bring awareness. We have to, first of all, have education and understanding to what's going on. People will have our high moments there very quickly to go, oh, my goodness, this is just 
helping so much. It also starts to help people not feel that they are broken or that mm. they just can't get through this because mm. the aha moment is, oh, this is actually my body's, you know, natural response to something that, okay, it happened a while ago or I've been putting myself in repeated stresses so it is still amplified now, but it was happening unconsciously. Once mm. we bring conscious awareness to it, we can start to do what you did is you can feel it and you go, hang on, shut everything down, go mm. and lie on my bed. So as soon as you're starting to have that awareness, which comes from education, you can then affect change. So that's really focused in the first bit for that reason. People will then start to get more clarity for themselves. Yeah. So the H was healthy mind. Healthy and mind and body. And then yeah. the rest of it, E-A-L? Then E, we move into everybody needs connection, E. Everybody needs connection. We are hardwired to connect, and yet we find connection so hard in many of our relationships. We might be fine with our friends, but find our intimate partner relationships challenging. We might be okay with work colleagues, but actually our family of origins, you know, really we're not good with our, you know, our family of origin. Family of origin is our birth family our nuclear family becomes the family that we create when we get married and have our own children so referencing that so everybody needs connection so I go through the attachment styles I go through the adult um, relationship dynamics that happen the kind of common ones we look at conflict styles and how we really strive to find healthy conflict a lot of us, um, I say us, are conflict avoidant until we do the work and realize actually healthy conflict is really important. So that's E. A is aspects of self. We start to become more aware of, of who we are internally, what our inner world is looking like and doing. And we start to create a bit more of a compassionate template to how we move forward. Mm. If we are quick to shut people off or distance ourselves from, from people, we become more curious as to why that happens, what part of us is still trying to protect us and how can we begin to create a different relationship with that part, that's aspects of self. It's quite nuanced, but I explain it in a really simple way. I actually get people to watch a, a particular um, Walt Disney cartoon because that brings context to the inner parts and explaining that. And then the L is live your life on purpose. So that basically looks at gut health, but very, you know, in a very small way, but it gives it context around gut health. We look at sleep hygiene because sleep's often an issue with the individuals that um, sometimes do the program. And we also I give people a template in that section where they can start to map out very loosely in a non-rigid way, but start to map out how to support their mind and their body for the wellness sort of place they want to be or come to and that can change depending on what someone's got going on in their life phenomenal I just I you've put so much time and effort and thought into this I can just feel it across the computer screen already <laughs> like yeah obviously you have a passion for what you do you wouldn't have done it for 20 years but to build a program that helps and supports people in this manner like you've just seemed to have covered such a broad range of things but it sounds like 
there's such a specific context to it all as well. And not only is it, you know, practical, it's it's healing and it's hands-on and trying to find that balance sometimes is really hard. Like how much resources do we give people and how much information can you take on? And especially when they've got potentially upregulated nervous systems or they're overloaded already, not only are you trying to help them, but you're trying to keep it simple, but also give them enough. And there's always such a push-pull with that aspect, I find. Yeah. It's taken years to develop. So I kind of roll it off the tongue now, like it's sort of, you know, there's the program. But it's been years of working with clients individually. And you're absolutely right. The idea is that it's 12 weeks of Zoom calls with me on a, you know, group capacity on a Wednesday night. Mm. The content you get for 12 months, Mm. I update that as and when I need to, but the content you can go at your own pace. But the 12, the reason for the 12 weeks is, and I'm sure you know this, is that it actually starts to change our habitual behavioral patterns. But the idea is not that it's so content heavy that Mm. you get snowed under with that, because I'm aware you've got life going on. So Mm. it's bite-sized pieces of information that you methodically work through, and then you come into the group, which ironically you know, initially sometimes people have reservations about because a lot of the clients I work with are um, maybe what we call more people pleasers or, you know, you know, quite highly sensitive um, individuals, predominantly women. Um, and so they're like, what? I don't want to do group. The group becomes the best part of the program for many people in terms of it offers that connection. It offers that um that environment where, and I didn't touch on this, but where from a nervous system perspective, even via computer screens, we can start to co-regulate. And one of the ways we meet our nervous system states to bring ourselves to our window of regulation is through co-regulation. And sometimes that's initially the first place we do it. So yeah, yeah, so that's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a good program. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening going, yes, please. I'd love to learn more about that. So for you guys listening, um, I will obviously pop the links in the show notes, but the website to have a look at, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've got www.healforlifeprograms.com. That's the right one. Yep. And then you can also find Alex on Instagram at at my.holistic.therapist. But I will tag her anyway. So you'll be able to find her. Um, But are they the best two spots to reach you? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll send you the link if you want to put that in as well, where they can get the link to the um, program. So it actually goes into a lot of detail. It's kind of easy to just scroll through, but there's different um, options along the way to just click onto a form. That form comes straight to me and then I can make contact directly with them if they want to jump on a free chat to just see, is it a fit? Because I... I meet everyone first to yeah. see if it's right. I don't want people doing it if it's not going to be the best option for them. Yeah, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate your time today. I appreciate the information you shared and I know it's going to benefit a lot of people. So thank you for jumping on and sharing that with us all. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.